one of the first tips for learning how do we listen to our intuition is you have to begin to practice mindfulness. You have to slow down. Your intuition speaks to you like little ripples in a lake. And the more still your lake is, the more you're going to be able to really hear those messages, okay? And even if it's just like on your drive to work or while brushing your teeth before you go to bed, just doing something mindfully, thinking about what you're doing, paying attention to the environment around you, actively like noticing the present moment. These are all super important tips. Anything where you're just working on creating a little bit of space and stillness in your mind helps those messages come through. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Hello, my baddies. Welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Rx Radio. I am your host, your girl, your high vibe hype woman and cosmic consultant, Maddie Murphy. This is one of our solo cosmic coaching episodes. So grab your pen and paper. Let's get ready to dive deep into one of my favorite tools. And we're talking about Pisces season coaching today, how to tap into the energy of Pisces, no matter what your sign is, how to tap into the energy of the season, if you're listening to this while it's Pisces season, or how to understand this Pisces energy in your chart. Yes, we all carry all 12 signs of the zodiac, and there is one part of your life that you will help understand more of, get more out of, have more clarity, and just more fulfillment out of by understanding how to work with the Piscean way. So in honor of that, we're talking about mindset tools for Pisces season, and we're going to be talking about how to tap into your intuition today and how to actually trust your intuition. This is a huge pillar of what we talk about here. Cosmic Rx really started years ago when I realized that I didn't know what I wanted out of life, didn't know anything about myself, and I just had no trust in myself, in my own intuition. And then I started getting signs and hits that I needed to pay attention to it more. But I realized that so much of the way we're raised and so much of what we're taught is in direct contradiction to the notion that we have our own inner guidance. I remember someone telling me that once in a reading, like, you're very intuitive, follow your own inner GPS. And I was like, what? No, I don't think so. I, I don't even know, like, what I want to eat for lunch. I don't think I have really an inner GPS, but spoiler alert, I did. And spoiler alert, so do you. When we first started uh, Cosmic RX, when it was still just like, you know, we we're developing it and figuring out what we wanted to do. I was like, I don't know what, there's a lot to cover here, but I knew that three things that I really wanted to anchor all the teachings in were to come back to self-love instead of you know, the self-loathing that we sit in so much. I mean, this was years ago. Like, I think like, I don't want to say before it was a big thing, but it, it wasn't as big as it is now. And yeah, I want to talk about pleasure and how we can live our lives in more embodiment 
embracing more of our sensuality and just enjoying more rest and pleasure and receptivity, trading that for, for the pressure that we really live by in our society. And then, of course, I wanted to talk about intuition and how we can begin to follow our own intuition and really looking at like the opposite of intuition is influence. And we're constantly companies, corporations, whoever, people around us, we are like, they're trying to influence us <laughs> not in a nefarious way, but there is a lot of influence and obviously it's a whole career influencers. And that's fine. It's fine to take advice or suggestions from people, but knowing like yourself first and trusting your own intuition is not only so important, but it can be life-saving. It can make all the difference of you really living a life that is on purpose and in your purpose. And it's really how you stand in your own power. Because if there's one thing anyone will tell you about embarking on a spiritual journey is you're going to have to learn how to listen to your intuition over and over again. And sometimes it's not going to make sense to the logical mind. And sometimes it's not going to make sense to anyone around you. But when you learn to listen to yourself, you can trust yourself. And when you can trust yourself, you can do anything because you know that there's no wrong. There's no failing. There's no mistakes when you really trust yourself and your intuition, because you're like, no, I, I trust myself to to navigate through this. I trust my future self to be able to handle this um, with the tools that past self and present me are, are collecting and building. So obviously, you know, I always have to talk about before we you know, go into how we can trust our intuition, how to listen to it. I think we all know the importance of listening to our intuition. You know, it really, we talk a lot about alignment here. It is impossible to live in alignment if we are not honoring our intuition. And when we're not honoring our intuition, we're also living our life on someone else's terms. And like I said, we don't trust ourselves. We get really indecisive and we can really live in a lot of like fear or just feeling trapped. So I want to give you some signs that, how to know if you're not listening to your intuition. I always kind of like to do the contrast because this is how I felt in my life when I wasn't listening to my intuition. And it's probably something that, maybe you, you can relate to. But the first thing is stomach issues, listening to your gut. This whole thing about like, trust your gut, it's quite literal. In Chinese medicine, they talk about you have three brains, the one in your head, the one in your heart, and the one in your stomach. And the one in your stomach kind of speaks the clearest to you. So I cannot count on my hands the amount of people, even just in the past year, that have come to me about, you know, discomfort in their stomach, whether it's uh, clenching, whether it's like uh, butterflies, IBS, gut issues. A lot of this is your intuition screaming at you. And you want to really be like, okay, the mind-body connection we know is very powerful. And your gut feelings, it's not just an expression. I know I feel a drop in my stomach once I feel like something is wrong, or I can get fun, good butterflies in my stomach when I'm excited about something. And I know the times in my life when I've been ignoring a big decision I knew I had to make, but I didn't want to, it was like my stomach is in a knot. You know, I love to eat. And in those moments, I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. And this is like when our body starts to take over, like, hey, you're not really listening to the subtle messages of the heart of your emotional self. So we're going to start sending you some huge signals through your body. So our body will always try to force us to address things that we are ignoring Again, like the heart whispers, the body screams. So we want to listen to that. And our mind is so powerful. Our mind can steamroll over so many things. But once our body starts kicking into gear, we usually have to be like, all right, we, we got to listen to this. So I talk about it all the time. But you have to listen to your body. There is such wisdom in your body. 
There is such wisdom. And I want you to even stop right now and think about a time in your life when your body knew something, maybe before your head did or before even your heart, having a queasy feeling about going into a certain place or feeling like someone around you was off, a little sketchy, feeling like an opportunity kind of made you anxious. And this is why it's really important to slow down into your body because, again, so much of our society is like, oh, anxiety. Yes, it is. It is very prevalent and it's very real. But there's something about listening to your body that's also important. Like, why am I anxious about this? And maybe do I feel this way around certain people and not around other people? Do I feel this way when I feel like maybe someone's lying to me or I don't feel safe somewhere or when I feel like I'm being called to action? All of this, right, is super important to understand that our feelings and our intuition can really manifest in physical symptoms, which are very commonly associated with our stomach. So another sign that you feel like you might be ignoring your intuition is kind of feel like you're putting on a mask or you feel like you're pretending or even lying, um, which I know is a harsh word, but you just feel like feel like you're faking it sort of like people ask you, how are you? How are you? How are things going? And you're like, yeah, it's great. Everything's great. Uh, how's your relationship going? It's great. And in that moment, your anxiety clenches down in your stomach, right? It's like, it just feels like there's like two yous, you know, your real you and the you you're presenting to the world. So we want to just honor this and honor that feeling that disconnect. Again, that's when you're out of alignment. We want to come into alignment. Another sign that you may be ignoring your intuition is just feeling like out of place, disconnected socially. Like you feel like you just don't fit in anywhere. You feel like you can't really connect to people. Maybe you feel like you're constantly like changing who you are to meet other people's expectations. Maybe you're just feeling like no one really knows the real you or you can't find people who are similar to you. Because again, you know, honoring or tuning into yourself. Are you clicking with people you meet? Are you being honest? Are you feeling out of place because maybe you're not showing your true self? And I know there's something I really went through a lot in my 20s. Absolutely. Another sign that maybe you're ignoring your intuition, your intuition tries to speak to you, is just, yeah, likewise with the body, but sleep. I mentioned it before, but this deserves its own point. If your sleep is suffering, if you are rapidly, unexpectedly gaining weight, losing weight, losing sleep, can't sleep, or sleeping too much, just like a leaking energy, it could feel like, you know, again, your intuition, your body is probably sending you a message that it wants to tell you something, it wants to shift something, it wants to, it's telling you, it's trying to get a message. Nothing that happens in our bodies is random, right? Another sign that you maybe are ignoring your intuition and your intuition is trying to speak to you is just Yeah, like if you just feel like nothing is going right, everything is imbalanced, everything feels like a struggle, again, you're meant to live in alignment. So when things aren't flowing, when things aren't in flow, it may be like the sign that, hey, we're trying to get through to you. Life can be in flow, but you need to make certain adjustments or changes to help us get there, right? And as I kind of transition and talking to some ways of how we can listen to our intuition and how we can begin to actually trust it, and how we can begin to feel more confident in our decisions and confident in ourselves and feel more at ease in your social circles and feel more at peace and centered and grounded in your day-to-day lives and just have an improved overall health and vitality, you know, all the things that happen from tapping into our intuition. The first thing that before I'm talking about the tips is just, I always get the question of like, how do I know it's my intuition? And honestly, there's no short answer. This is something for you to figure out on your own, but this is why you want to start listening. And truly, there's two things I know about intuition. Your intuition is usually the first thing that pops into your head. And it's like ephemeral and it's like, you know, incense, smoke. It's just like, oof, it's it's light. 
And then your other thoughts come in much louder and much more like blazing and much more bold. And so you want to take and honor that first moment, that first intuitive hit you get by writing it down, recording it, because it is, it's wispy and we need to really cultivate and strengthen our intuition. It's like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger those messages will get. And soon they'll feel like just straight up smoke signals, really easy to understand, really clear. And the other thing is that your intuition doesn't speak to you cruelly. It's not condescending. It's not even really fear-based. There's like a healthy amount of fear in life, of course, but it's not like a paralyzing fear and it's never mean to you. And it's never talking down to you. So I just want to kind of make that distinction, but how your intuition speaks to you, it's going to be all different ways. We can talk about, you know, the five clairs, you can look that up, the ways that maybe your intuition speaks to you. I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit in a moment, but you could do some more research on that. And one of the first tips for learning how do we listen to our intuition is you have to begin to practice mindfulness. You have to slow down. Your intuition speaks to you like little ripples in a lake. And the more still your lake is, the more you're going to be able to really hear those messages, okay? And even if it's just like on your drive to work or while brushing your teeth before you go to bed, just doing something mindfully, thinking about what you're doing, paying attention to the environment around you, actively like noticing the present moment, okay? These are all super important tips. And of course, I'm going to say like meditation, even any kind of meditation you can do, creative visualization, guided meditation, yoga nidra, TM, Buddhist meditation, kundalini, anything where you're just working on creating a little bit of space and stillness in your mind helps those messages come through. The third thing of how we can begin to really trust and pay attention to our intuition is beginning to record, keeping a journal. I do it with my clients. We check in all the time of like, tell me the intuitive things that happened to you this week, you know, tell me the things that happened that were either like signs, symbols, synchronicities, repeating numbers, anything you felt like you, there was a part of you, that third eye, that part of you that's not the logical brain, but the other part of you was like, okay, yeah, yeah, something's happening. There's a message for me here. And even if you don't understand what it means, there's such a power in writing it down in recording it and sharing it with someone. That's what I love about our Cosmic Fit Club community. It's like, Let's talk about all those things because, again, society really wants us to operate in the other side of our brain a lot, which is beautiful, but we're meant to operate in a place of both, in our logical linear mind that's very evidence-based, and here's you know the receipts and the spreadsheets. This is why I got to this conclusion. But there's also the part of our brain that's intuitive and just knows and you know, senses into things. And we've all experienced that, like just a knowing, and we don't know how to explain how we know it, but we just know it's the truthiest of truths, as Glennon Doyle says. But by recording it and giving it voice, again, it's a muscle, you're building it up. And then the more you do that, the more you feel into that muscle, that intuitive, whatever sensation you get, it comes to you faster, clearer, and you trust it. And then again, it just, this is where you start like, it's a language you're speaking, right? When you first learn a language, it's a little choppy, it's a little awkward, but the more you practice it and the more you build that muscle, you can begin to, yeah, really communicate and be in flow and, and really learn and converse and connect. So it's, it's just the same with your intuition. Then, you know, another tip I want to give you, I want you to begin to practice making like low risk 
a low risk gut decisions in the beginning. So again, I know it's scary to listen to your intuition. So we're going to just take a lot of the high stakes off the table. We don't need to go like put it all in red right now. We're just doing some little low stakes here. And I want you to just think, think about low pressure decisions, low risk decisions, where you're going to eat. Even like an example I use is like the commute home. If you walk home, like my clients live in a city, if you drive home, listen to your intuition, like what way should I go today? You know, where do I want to go eat? Listen to my intuition. Do I feel like what book should I start next to? Right? Just going to a bookstore, just like letting yourself be drawn to one. Same thing, go to a crystal store, just see what you're drawn to and then look up the reason when you get home. Look up the meaning of it after and be like, well, my intuition, what was it guiding me to? And you know, you're probably gonna be like, yep, that's exactly what I needed. Following your intuition, if you feel like you need to call someone or reach out or text them, do it. This is again, building that muscle so you can begin to trust your intuition and then you can learn to rely on it when those bigger things come up. I did this, you know, just little tiny decisions. And then now my life, I have made some big, crazy ass, wild decisions. Wow. Like I, I'm just like shook by the decisions. And I even have like my, my life wizard, my husband has made big life decisions just based on my intuition, which the idea of that would have terrified me years ago. If you told me when I was 25, you know, we, we bought a house that my husband never even visited. And he just was like, you go and tell me what your intuition thinks. And that would have made young me want to poop my pants because again, I didn't even know where I wanted us to go to dinner. Okay. I was not comfortable making those decisions, but again, the decisions, the little things you start with. Yeah. Like following your intuition with where you're going to go to dinner, what book you're going to read, what route you want to take home, you know, what workout you want to do, what, whatever, what crystal you want to buy. It seems small and insignificant, but it's building that muscle for these big moments. Okay. So likewise, just like I want you to keep a supernatural signs journal in another journal or the same one, you can flip it over into the back. I want you to record your dreams. Okay. It's Pisces season. So, you know, I'm not going to not talk about the dream realm and the sleep time. Our dreams have so much to share with us. Huge methods of communication. I could do, I would, oh God, if someone out there is like a dream expert or something like, please come on the podcast. This is a topic I could talk about for months. Okay. Because I'm so fascinated that like we go to sleep and our subconscious is like, finally, that pesky controlling conscious mind is, is sleeping. And now we can like tell Maddie, you know, tell tell yourself all these things that I wanted to tell you and show you and what were the things that we picked up on, these micro moments throughout the day, these little nano things we pick up on that are so subtle, but we're processing them on some level. And then we go to sleep and our brain's like, here, here's a movie, watch it. We're going to show you all this stuff. And I mean, who was it? Was it Benjamin Franklin or Thomas Edison? No, Thomas Edison said like, never go to sleep without making a request to your subconscious, like brilliant minds. I mean, there's a whole, you could look up, like there's so many visionaries and people who are really did amazing things in our societies, in our society, inventors, artists who really admitted that like some of their ideas just came to them in a dream or formulas or, you know, things they had to figure out came to them in in the dream realm. I think it's like Salvador Dali's, like that famous painting of the clocks melting that came from a dream, which is like obvious, you know, by looking at it. But John Lennon wrote so many of his lyrics that came to him in dreams. Person who invented the sewing machine, 
you know, he was struggling with the design of the needle. Elias Howe is his name. And he had a nightmare where he had to build this sewing machine or die. And he noticed that I think it was like a spear was going to stab him. And he saw that there was a hole in the tip of the spear that was going to kill him. And that is what he needed to do, incorporate into his design to make a successful sewing machine. Isn't that crazy? Christopher Nolan, that director who did Inception, he literally like, that was all based on his own lucid dreams, right? Yesterday by the Beatles, all came through a dream. So I'm just saying all this because, again, we can dismiss dream, we can dismiss that part of our intuition. So we need to record them because, again, they're ephemeral. They fade like the second we wake up, they start just fading throughout the day. But you need to write them down and you need to write them down before you touch your phone. You need to output. Your phone is mega input of information. So I literally keep, this is why I'm saying you might want a separate journal than your other one. I keep like a dollar store, like spiral notebook, like those little chunky ones or like something like a news reporter would have. I just keep it next to my bed. And if you practice it for 21 days, I'm curious to see what comes up for you. You know, even if you don't remember anything, you can just write down no dreams recorded. It's just the practice of writing it. Oh my God, there's a whole episode we could do about like dream interpretation and how to understand it, but that's a topic for another day. Let me know if you want more of that. Another way to really honor and listen to and trust your intuition is similar to the body. I want you to pay attention to your energy. Where does your energy feel depleted? When do you feel recharged? When do you feel drained? When do you feel anxious? When do you feel inspired? You know, this is your intuition by telling you what you should do more of, the things that make you feel good, and where you may need to um, edit, detox, or set some firm boundaries and reevaluate some things that make you feel drained, right? It's important to pay attention to our energy. Other ways to tap into your intuition, being creative, being creative, writing, you know, drawing, scrapbooking, painting, getting lost in like, you know, photography. It really like it's flow energy. It's really connects us to our inner child. Our imagination and our intuition are very linked. And again, it kind of quiets that analytical cognitive mind and allows things to come up. And especially like the more you do it and you get into a flow state, it's so fun to see what comes up, especially like writing or creating something where you're just like, oh, wow, like I didn't even know where that came from. And again, you learn about the activities that really work for you. Working with another tip, oracle cards, tarot cards, this was like, if we're talking about all these things are strengthening your intuition, Oracle cards is like one of my favorite intuition workouts, right? Like me, my relationship with cards helped me so much because it helped me trust. Similar to astrology, like I like having a little bit of a something to point to with my intuition. I, I have gone to the point now where I, I do trust it. And I, I still falter. I still doubt myself. Don't get me wrong. Like that's another thing with this journey. It's not like, a, it's not like you arrive somewhere perfectly. But it really helped me as like a scaffolding to be able to be like, you know what? I feel like my friend came to me when like I first started pulling cards and reading them. And I had an intuitive hit about, say, like one of my friends and something that I thought that like their energy was sending off to me. They were giving me a vibe about something. Maybe they felt a little heartbroken, but I didn't know what was going on. And then I pulled like, you know, the three of swords. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and then, you know, I'm like, maybe they should go on a trip or something. And then I pulled something, I don't know, like three of wands or something, I don't know, whatever card. And then maybe like, okay, this is kind of lining up to what I'm feeling. And then it can be more confidence to be able to tell them that 
because I was like, had the cards to kind of help me be like, okay, this is a story I'm seeing in the cards versus just pulling this out of thin air. And for really myself, just pulling a card a day and learning what that card means to me and the relationship, like, or you can start with the card a week if, if the day is too much, just pulling, especially a tarot card and just being like, okay, oh, I pulled the king of swords today. What does that mean for me? And you move through the day and you'd be like, oh, okay, when king of swords happens, this is what happens to me. You know, I have a really great idea or I kind of have a really impactful interaction with someone who has a really brilliant mind, or maybe I have to stand up and assert myself or whatever. And then you start to realize like, that's the language my intuition speaks. When that card comes up, that's what it means for me. And you start to, again, develop another way of understanding this language. And again, it just is framing your brain too, especially if you pull it in the morning, it's like setting your mind to be like, yeah, I'm actually setting the intention to listen to my intuition today, not just to go through that normal like loop of thoughts, I think every day, right? I'm, I'm thinking about something else and I'm open to a different awareness. Another way to test your intuition, I know it sounds funny, but play little intuitive games, like, and you write them down, like just test out your hunches. I used to do this when I used to work, like when I used to be in the city a lot and I had to go to different places with elevators, I'd be like, I'd play little games in my mind. Like, which elevator is going to open up first? Or rolling a die and guessing which, you know, what, what numbers are going to come up, right? I used to people watch a lot in cafes and just be like, watch. I mean, this sounds funny, but I'd be like, I feel like that person's going to drop their hat. And just, and just see again, so it's a very low level, low risk. And if it's things that are more about the future, write them down, check them later. Like, if you feel like the weather report says it's going to be sunny and it's going to rain tomorrow, write it down. If you feel like your uh, bestie's new new fling is, is bad news, uh, write it down, you know? You test your hunches, come back to them later. Again, so often we think about something, but our brain's moving so fast, we forget that we even had that thought. And then it's like, uh, and then you're like kind of questioning yourself, did I have that thought or did I make it up? So again, writing down your hunches, your guesses, your forecasting. Another thing that really can help you get in touch with your intuition is going somewhere new, getting away, going somewhere into nature, taking a sabbatical, getting out of your daily routine, getting out of the to-do list, the chores, the like daily, daily, and going somewhere where you can just breathe and you can just be open and you can find more inspiration and where you can, again, like have more open space to listen to your intuition. So mixing up your location, going somewhere, preferably in nature would be great. And I want you to also, another tip for listening to your intuition is you have to honor your emotions. I mean, this is a huge one, but I want you to you make a practice of really learning to name your emotions, what you're feeling and asking yourself, where do I feel this in my body? You know, do I feel this in my stomach? Do I feel this in my throat? What am I feeling? And what do I need to do to, to move through that? What do I need to do to let this like emotion be energy in motion and move through me? When we hold onto our emotions and we suppress them, it's like we're bottling up or clogging the drains of our intuition emotions are all teaching us something about our intuition. So we need to learn to acknowledge them, feel them and let them pass. We don't need to like shove them down so we don't feel them. It's safe to be in your emotions. I want you to practice that. Another tip for getting in touch with your intuition, and this is for my kind of nervous energy, ADHD people who maybe struggle with meditation, just do something repetitive. 
do something repetitive, preferably without your device. But this is a great way for your intuition to speak to you, especially if you struggle with like sitting on a meditation cushion, running, chopping things, you know, knitting things, doing something where you're just doing the same thing, playing the piano, again, like painting, dancing, like doing something that's putting yourself in motion, especially where it's like repetitive and consistent and there's a rhythm to it where you can engage in that. Like a lot of my most intuitive thoughts have come to me when I've been like, of course, like cleaning or washing the dishes or doing something where like was, and that sounds funny, but like being in church or being like in a lecture and probably when I should have been paying attention, but because like I couldn't be on my phone because I couldn't be running around, I had to like sit there and I'll just be like, whoop, like a crazy idea come through. Like, oh, okay. Or a, a hit, you know? So finding something that kind of keeps you busy in that church example, a little bit of a, a tangent, but for you, maybe something that's like repetitive. You know, I love a good mental health walk, either without my phone or, you know, listening to music and putting my phone in one of those old school drawstring backpacks. So I can't really like touch it while I'm walking. Moving down the list, I want you to, for, you know, working with your intuition, I want you to think about like being really curious and releasing your resistance. Okay. I want you to not diminish it. I don't want you to call yourself crazy. Or, and I know it. And I know the first two times you speak in your intuition, you do, you feel like so out there, but I want you to just be curious. Like, what if this is right? Or what if I'm not crazy? Or what if this is it? Because chances are it is right, but it has to like, you have to kind of let some of that guard down and release some of that, like whatever. It's like a protective measure we put into place to diminish that. But, you know, we want to release that. Other things, I might be all over the place with this list, but there's so many things I want to talk about, but I just wanted to give you, I'm just throwing things at you and you see what sticks, what resonates for you. Practices like, of course, breath work, great for harnessing your intuition. I went to a breath work one time with, what was her name? Madeline Giles, Madeline Giles and Rebecca Campbell Black, Rebecca Campbell Black, and it was a breath work. And Madeline Giles said something along the lines of like, our messages from the angels like travel through the oxygen in our bloodstream. And I was like, damn, that's beautiful. So like allowing yourself like fresh breath, revitalizing breath, clearing. We we have Regina, who is like, they're so powerful, rock body on Instagram. They teach in our Cosmic Club community. We do full moon breath works because it's just so, again, important. Another amazing tool to check into everything I talked about, your body, your emotions, and making more space to listen to your intuition. It's a repetitive movement. It kind of checks a lot of boxes with that one. What else? Those are a lot of the big ones. Obviously, doing things like there's crystals that you help your intuition. There's you know different rituals and practices. This is like a good start. And we can, of course, go into this. If you want really more of this, we can do a whole workshop. Uh, webinar type thing, the Cosmic Rx. But I want to end with just the clairs that I talked about before. So that way we can kind of know, again, knowledge is power and understanding how to define our intuitive gifts can help us understand that like just learning in styles, we all have different ways our intuition speaks to us. Also, shameless astrology plug too, studying your moon helps you understand your intuition. And anywhere you have like a lot of water in your chart, 
It's probably how your intuition speaks to you, but every element has its different intuitive energy for sure. And like where you have water in your chart, it's probably where you feel into a lot of the etheric, emotional energy around you, the vibes. Fire is probably where you have a lot of intuition that's like instinctual, that's like pushing you into motion and where you feel called into action on things and where you want to kind of be a trailblazer. Where you have earth in your chart, you might feel more intuitively in your body and you may feel like your intuition come through in a very practical sense. And then of course, air, your intuition might come through in those parts of your chart when you're talking, like channeling, oracle work, when you're writing, automatic writing type practices, or again, like coming through in the ideas of like, in those like bright ideas that kind of seemingly come out of nowhere. So looking at, you know, understanding your elements, I say water because that's that like, not traditional, but like that feeling of, of the vibe energy of just like the constant permeating sensations around us that we don't really like acknowledge because we're moving kind of fast. And again, water is really connected to our emotions. But yeah, so where you have your moon, understanding it, the sign in the house, anything it's aspecting in your chart, understanding the four elements, looking at where you have water in your chart and your mercury can really help you understand again, your intuition and how it may speak to you. Because like I was saying about learning styles, the same way we process information in the regular world is probably going to be how we process information in the spirit world. Like if you're an auditory learner, yeah, you might have like more of a, a clear audience. You know, if you're a visual learner, maybe like a clairvoyance. If you need to like do something to learn it, maybe you have more of like a clear cognizance, clear sentience type of thing. So speaking of these words, in case you're new to them, I just want to give you the quick rundown. The clairs, okay? There are like four main ones but I am going to throw in two extra for us today. All right. So clairvoyance, this is the one we probably have heard of a lot. This is like psychics and mediums, clairvoyance, right? This is clear seeing. This is when people see real like visions, past, present, future. You see things in the mind, the third eye, like a daydream. This is something if you're very visual, if you're like an artist, if you're a designer, a builder, a photographer, a decorator, this is like you're going to really probably have a more dominant intuitive sense with the clairvoyance, clear audience, clear hearing. And this is when you may hear words, sounds, or my favorite music in your own mind's voice. You might even hear like an actual audible sounds. You might have also like a buzzing in your ear a lot. This is like, again, for a lot of us who are learned by hearing and listening, this is probably going to be your intuitive gift. So yeah, again, trusting this, if you feel it, if you hear it, and just when it comes through different for everyone, some people hear like actual voices, some people just hear thoughts that they just kind of know are from a different realm. But my favorite thing with that is paying attention to music, like spirit DJ, the songs that come on at certain moments and times you literally hear, or like I've been in a reading with someone and I'll just be like, oh my God, I'm just like, can't stop thinking of this like Bon Jovi song. And then I tell them that and they're like, oh my God, my dad loved Bon Jovi. And, and I'm like, okay, it makes sense, right? So again, you have to trust your intuition. It feels so silly. Like, why am I thinking about Bon Jovi when this person's having this really emotional moment right now? Those are the moments where you learn to trust it and act on it, right? So clairsentience, clear feeling. This is what a lot of like empaths, people who identify that way, feel into. But this is even a more, probably like even a heightened version of that. This is when people feel into other you know, emotions and they feel into other people's emotions, other people's spirits. They can even feel people's like physical pain in their body. 
a lot of us are clairsentient without consciously being aware of it. There's just varying levels of degrees. This is like, I think a lot of us can walk into a room, you know, someone's just fighting and being like, oh, I feel that in my body. Ooh, my, tum- my tummy's in a knot. Maybe you know, this is where we get like, we're just feeling into, I've heard stories of like siblings, like one of them gets appendicitis and the other one feels it like on the other side of the country. This is, if you have this, I mean, all of intuitive work really needs boundaries. God, I didn't even bring that up. That's a huge point, but you all hear me talk about how important boundaries are a lot, but boundaries help you trust, honor, and protect your intuition and your energy. But if you're a clairsentient, we have all kinds of intuitive languages need boundaries, but I find that clairsentience, because it's so, you feel in everything, and because you can also take on other people's feelings and pain, we want to really like not do that, <laughs> like turn it on when we want to be able to turn it off. And again, because you're very in tune with not only your own feelings, but other people's. So of course that makes you a natural healer or a caregiver, but it can also then lead into some trickier people-pleasing, codependency, constantly giving and not, you know, filling up your own cup. So we want to just, on. I just want to acknowledge that. And obviously like I'm clairsentient, so that's why I'm like, you got to learn boundaries because I know how it feels to not be in that space. And claircognizance, I mentioned before, this is clear knowing this is just when you just know something and you have no idea how, like you just have knowledge of people or events that you just normally like would never know about. Yeah. Like just comes to your brain. This is like a, like a premonition, a warning. It could just feel like a information dropped in your brain. It could just feel like a tremendous faith in something, a tremendous pull to go do something with no practical explanation or evidence. Okay. This is actually like clear cognizance. I swear it's like so many brilliant minds, philosophers, professors, teachers, adventure scientists, doctors, great writers, business leaders. I swear a lot of them are just clear cognizant and they don't have the language for it. So I'm like, how did you just pull that idea out of the ethers? And like, that's crazy. Albert Einstein, famous Pisces, super intuitive. And like, I think he would just channeled so much of his wisdom. And um, he even kind of talked about things that are really alluding to being claircognizant. So yeah, so that, those are the four main ones. The two other ones that are kind of like bonus that a lot of people don't talk about, and they're not as common to be honest, but I definitely experienced a little bit of both of them in my life and they're kind of fun. So aliens. this means clear smelling. And this is like being able to smell odors that don't have any physical source in the material earthly plane. So for instance, like smelling, this has happened before, I'll just like smell like my grandpa's cologne or like a pipe, or I'll just smell like fresh cut grass out of nowhere. And again, it's it's sending you a message. It's very subtle. But what I love about it is smell is so connected to memory, right? Like that olfactory sensation is the fastest way to be transported. So I'm really grateful because in those moments, like I remember walking around the city and smelling something that reminded me of my grandpa's house. And I just hadn't smelled that in years. And it brought me such comfort. And my grandpa passed away when I was really little. I just felt into that. And I was so like, oh, I just felt so, I'm like, oh, he's here with me. Okay, Grandpa Charlie, thank you for that. And of course, like you might have a more aptitude to clear smelling if you have a career where you already really depend on that. If you work in the fragrance world, if you are a florist and aromatherapy person, or like my sister, if you're a sommelier, like then you might already be like already up on that Claire Aliens game. And the last one I'm going to leave you on is Claire Gustins, Claire Gustins, clear tasting, same thing as the smelling, tasting something that isn't actually there. 
again, usually connected to a memory or a food beverage or something that reminds us of a certain time. Of course, if you already work in a field, in the gourmet culinary field, then yeah, you're probably going to have more of an aptitude to this. This has only happened to me a few times in my life, but when it's happened to me, it is so bizarre and weird and kind of lovely and magical. But again, it's all sending you a message. So I hope that this was a great jumping off point for you just to begin to follow your intuition, to learn from it, to trust it, to harness it. And again, we all have intuitive gifts, all right? Some people use them and make careers out of them, being an intuitive or a healer or a psychic. But no matter what you're doing, I just want to invite you to listen to your intuition, encourage you to just bring it into your everyday life and use it to step into deeper alignment with your highest and hottest self, baby. This is the name of the game, your inner GPS. We're tapping in, tap, tap, tap. So let me know what you thought. Let me know if you want more classes, workshops on intuition development. Tag us in, you know, if you're listening to the episode, if you're out doing any of these practices, tag us at the Cosmic Rx, or you can come find my personal Instagram at I am Maddie Murphy. DM me, let me know what you thought of the episode. And until next time, I'm just sending you so much love and so much stardust. Mwah. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic RX, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you Cosmic Baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.